much for your prayers. Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Let's read it together. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Today's message, they're out to get our women, or there's a bounty on our women. They're out to get them. Now, the first woman was created from Adam's rib. Amen. For your worksheets, the first woman was created from Adam's rib. I do want you to know that the Bible story says that God caused the man to go to sleep because he knew that if the man was awake, he was not giving up a rib. No matter what you need it for, God, I can't let my ribs go. But he caused the man to go to sleep, and then he took a rib, and from there he fashioned a woman, and he gave the woman to the man. And in Scripture, the woman is the crown of God's creation. She is the creme de la creme of all the creatures that God made, she is the epitome. When God formed the man, he formed the man from the dust of the earth. And after forming the man, he gave unto the man responsibility. So ladies, I want to say to you that they're out to get you. Irresponsible men are out to get you. Now, ladies, you can always opt for cute, but ugly and responsible is better than cute and irresponsible. I wish I had somebody say amen. A spirit-filled man man who is filled with God's spirit is a responsible man. If you have a man who will go to work, support the family, and come to church, you are way ahead of the game. But if you have a steady job, you, you bring home a check, there are plenty of brothers or plenty of men who don't mind watching you carry the entire load and they'll enjoy the fruits of your labor if you allow them because they are out to get you. Eve had great influence over Adam. Now, influence, sisters, is more valuable than money. Influence is more valuable than a powerful position. The person who has the influence actually has the power. Not the person with the position, but the person who has the influence. When a man runs for president of the United States, we pretty much take him or her through a process where we know almost everything about them. And if they are elected to that office, they are going to choose a cabinet to execute their policy and vision. And so in the, in 
the United States currently, there are 15 men and women who make up the presidential cabinet. They are his most trusted advisors, and they exercise a great deal of influence in his life. But I don't want you to get it twisted today. Neither Hillary Clinton, Arne Duncan, Timothy Geithner, Eric Holder, or Leon Panetta have more influence over the president than the first lady. Are you all with me? But it's not just the first lady, Michelle Obama, that has influence, but all women of substance have the power to influence. So ladies, I want to encourage you to guard your influence because there are forces out here that are out to get your power to influence. Proverbs 22 verse 1 says this, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. While small minds argue and debate about who's in charge and who has to submit to who, great minds develop and nurture their capacity to influence. See, it doesn't matter who's in charge if you have the capacity to influence. If you don't have money, if you don't own banks, if you're not in control of markets, if you're not a baller and a shot caller, the last thing you can afford to do is to squander your influence. So ladies, they're out to get your influence. Moses' mother, she didn't have a powerful position. She had a job as a nanny, but she had great influence. Yes, she influenced the boy who was going to become, to be known as a friend of God. Matter of fact, God said that there was nobody on the earth like Moses because he spoke to Moses face to face. Yes, and Moses would come to be known as the deliverer of God's people. Ladies, they're out to get your influence. People in your life, listen to me, must be able to look to you for direction advice, instruction, and encouragement. Do you know that though the world has changed, we are still living in a hostile world? It is a world where our young black boys and our young black girls are living with their backs against the wall. And Pharaoh is going to use them to sing songs and dance in videos and run balls and shoot baskets and then discard them when their season is over. But ladies and mothers and aunts and sisters, you have to start very early exercising your influence. Somebody say amen. You have to start early and contradict every negative with a positive. Yes, you have to contradict every weakness with strength. You have to contradict every curse with a blessing. You have to speak a certain way. Somebody say amen. You have to dress a certain way. Y'all not feeling me. You have to carry yourself a certain way. And you have to live your life a certain way in order to guard the power of your influence. 
Do you, my sisters, know who you are? You are more than cooks. You can do more than get the bacon and fry it up in a pan. You are more than baby makers and diaper changers. You are doctors and you are lawyers and architects and you are astronauts. You are teachers and administrators. You are governors and senators and congresswomen. You are the creators of dreamers and you are the comforters of those who mourn. You are also prophets and preachers and priestess. Why do I know that? Because Joel said in his prophetic word that God says in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Somebody ought to get happy right there. Says your sons and, and your daughters shall prophesy. In other words, the delivery of God's word is not relegated to men only. But God said he'd pour out his spirit on all flesh. That means male flesh and female flesh to deliver his word. You are the sons. No, you're not. You are the daughters of the most high God. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You are daughters of the king. You're the light of the world and you're the salt of the earth. You are the temple. Somebody say temple. Somebody needs to say, I got power living in me. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are more than, than, than just some intestines and, and, and some, uh, some, some livers and lungs. You got the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside of you who gives you power to live. You are his witness because of the presence of his spirit. And you have influence, and I want you to guard your influence because there are forces out here that are out to get it. Now, there are also environmental factors. Environmental factors influenced Eve to second-guess God. Yeah. Environmental factors influenced Eve to second-guess God. In the third chapter of Genesis, the first verse, it says the serpent was clever and more clever than any wild animal that God had made. He spoke to the woman, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said do not eat from it and do not touch it. The serpent told the woman, you, you won't die. God knows at the moment that you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on, and you'll be just like God, knowing everything ranging from all that is good to all that is evil. And when the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating and realized that she would, what she would get out of it, that she'd know everything, she took and ate the fruit, and then she gave some to her husband. And he ate. Immediately the two of them did see what was really going on. They saw themselves naked. And they sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. And when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, 
The man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? And he said, I was in the garden. I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. Ladies, y'all still present? It is an important skill for you to develop. This is a skill. It's not innate. It's a skill that must be developed. But you must learn and hone the skill of walking away from anything and anybody that strolls up on you and threatens your relationship with God. Yeah. Let, let me, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think you should learn a host of skills, your managerial skills, your money management skills, your communication skills. But let me just tell you something that will help you in your life, that will, create, that will protect you from a whole lot of disappointment and heartache. You've got to learn the skill of walking away. Sometimes you've got to run away. Are you with me? From anything or anybody that threatens your relationship with God. Listen, God said about this specific tree, don't eat it. It it, it may sometimes seem like a little thing. It may seem insignificant. It may seem like it does not matter. As a matter of fact, people are saying that it doesn't matter that much. But if God said it, I wish I had some help in the house. If God said it, you got to find a way to do what the Lord God said. A great deal of what is destroying our women is disregarding the practical and disobedience to God. Let me talk about the practical for a minute. Do you know that cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of African-American women? This ain't got nothing to do with your spirit. It has nothing to do with how filled you are with the Holy Ghost. You can die full of the Holy Ghost too early. Cardiovascular disease is the number one killer. And as a matter of fact, we know it is. It is not new information. The food industry is out to get you. 45% of all African-American women 20 years and older, 20 years and older, 45% have high blood pressure. We know this. Breast cancer death rates are 41% higher for black women, and yet we're the last to get a breast examination. This is not something that is unknown to us. We know this. And while African-American women are progressing in every venue and in every profession, while we're getting better jobs, and making better money, and living in better houses, and driving better cars. Yet, the depression rate for African-American women is 50% higher than it is for Anglo women. Black women account for 25% of all of the mental health needs. This is not something that is unknown to us, but we ignore practical advice. And what is killing us is not mysterious stuff, but the ignoring of that which is practical and helpful. Are y'all feeling me? Yeah, and let me tell you something about these health issues. It does not matter what type of health reform you have. 
Y'all not going to hear me on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can pass all kind of health reform. You can pass insurance reform. You can make insurance more available. But I'm going to tell you something. The problem is not just in the insurance. It's not just in the health care delivery. Some of the problem is what's on our plate. Our knife and forks are killing us and taking us to an early grave. And until there is a behavioral shift, I'm not talking about some spiritual revelation. I'm talking about practical everyday life-saving advice and information. And sisters, we need you alive. We need you healthy. We need you energetic. We need you ready to go and fight with us in this fight. Just like the serpent in the garden, there are factors out here to get you women. On cable TV, listen, there is a cooking channel, there's a golf channel, sports channel, home and garden channel, movie channels galore, news channels that spin news towards their advantage. There's the Discovery Channel, there's the Disney Channel, there's music channels, sci-fi channels, cartoon and history channels. But have you ever noticed there are no channels dedicated to having a great marriage? There are no channels dedicated to being great parents. There are no channels in light of the absence of jobs in America. There is not a channel that teaches us how to be entrepreneurs, how to start businesses and nurture businesses and develop businesses and be successful in businesses. There are no channels for that. There is no education channel dedicated to sharing basic and advanced learning techniques. Why? Because the industry is out to get you. You know what they tell you? One snicker bar won't hurt you. No, it won't. But the problem is that one snicker bar makes you want another snicker bar. One episode of HBO won't hurt you. But the problem is if you watch the first episode, they have so fascinated that you're going to want to watch episode two and episode three and episode four. And before you know it, you have neglected your children, neglected your husband, you've neglected yourself, you've neglected your spiritual life, and you have put the priority on that which will not give you life. So world is trying to convince you to disobey God. But, you know, the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be what? Added unto you. The Bible says that God has everything that you need. Can I take that to a whole nother level? Not only does God have everything that you need, but the Bible also says that God has more than enough for you. The psalmist says, I will look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. David in the 23rd Psalm said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Come on, quote that with me. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name. Say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. But look at this. But, and my cup does what? Runs over. 
I have more than enough because God shall supply all, I wish I had some help, all my needs. I need two or three mothers in the house who knows what it is to have to depend on God and can testify that God will supply. You got a lot of haters in the world. A lot of folks will tell you it won't happen. It can't happen. You're going to go down. You can't make it. But somebody needs to be strong enough and woman enough that said, I'm going to stand on his word because his word is true. He shall supply. Ladies. You want to live a life that's in obedience to God. Finally, Adam saw Eve's potential and not her errors. Now, there's a bounty out on our women, but we don't want to join forces with the bounty hunters. Are you all with me? Now, the woman in this story messed up, and she messed up in a major way. As a result of Eve's decision to eat that fruit, she put her marriage at risk. It's interesting what we will risk, isn't it? She put her marriage at risk. She put her unborn children at risk. She made it harder for all women who came after her to have babies. And she messed up in a major way. Now, messing up messes with our self-esteem. Am I right about that? The bigger the mess up, the more damage it does. To how we see ourselves. Are you all following me? How we feel about ourselves is directly related to the events in our past. And some of these events not only affect us personally, but some events have impact on our families and our future. I dated a dude and that dude molested my child. I refused to submit to God's will. And it cut off the blessings to my family. I valued the recommendations of my girlfriends more than I did the teachings of Scripture. I spent more time trying to text my way out of a problem rather than pray my way out of a problem. If I spent the same amount of time praying about it as I did texting about it, I might have received a breakthrough. Eve made a big mess. Look at it. She lost her home as she knew it. She injured her husband. She disrupted the flow of harmony in her family experience. She disappointed herself. 
But I want you to notice something in the text. That after her terrible mistake, after her tremendous error, there is no indication in the text that her husband ever turned his back on her. I want you to look at Adam's response in verse 20. It says, Adam, now this is the first recorded conversation, the first recorded thing that Adam says to his wife after the fall. It says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become, somebody say become, the mother of all the living. Now, let me just confess something here. I'm so glad that was Adam. Because I've been trying to figure out if someone messes up, if your wife messes up this bad, y'all have had con- con- constant conversation about that tree in the midst of the garden. You have talked about it. You have, you have walked by it and had discussed. You, you have planned your life in avoiding this. And the very thing that you have put so much effort and trying to avoid is the very thing that she's the catalyst of bringing the disharmony in your home. Normally, when that happens, the first name that men call their wives is not Eve. Y'all not following me? I mean, there's going to be some kind of conversation. How in the world could you? You know, and it, it might get kind of hot, right? It might get kind of hot. It might get kind of rough. You might call it knucklehead, nincompoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't understand how ignorant can you be? How thoughtless can you be? How insensitive can you be? Look at the mess that you've caused. But Eve did not receive that. From Adam. It says that the first conversation, he calls her Eve. And look at it, it says, because she would become. What the text is telling us, my brothers and sisters, is that what Adam has made a decision. He says he saw that uh, through the actions of the serpent that there was a bounty on his wife, but he refused to be a co-conspirator in her demise. Y'all not feeling me here? In other words, he chose to be a blessing rather than to beat her down when she was already down. It takes a heck of a man. You see, it doesn't take a a man to beat somebody when they're already down. It takes a heck of a man to be able to lift up his wife when she's at her lowest point. Now, let me say something. I don't care how you cut the cake. Women are judged harsher for their errors than their male counterparts. But there is no indication that Adam ever communicated any regret for marrying her. Because, look at this, he did not focus on what she did, but he focused on 
what she could become. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. In other words, he wasn't crazy. He knew what she did, but he saw, somebody shout saw. He saw what she could become. I just want to pause and speak to somebody in the house today. I know that there's some mess in your life. I know your history is raggedy. I know you've done some stuff that you're ashamed to talk about. I know you've left a trail of tears and there's blood on the carpet of your house. But I want to stand here and say that you are not what you did. There is potential in you. There is a future for you. And God does not see you according to what you did, but God sees who you can become. He sees who you can become. And you know what? When I look at this verse, it makes me flip over into the New Testament because I understand now why this man was called the first Adam because another Adam came along. Can I get some help? Another Adam came along and that Adam demonstrated his love for us not after we got ourselves together, not after we put our reefer down, not when we stopped drinking. He demonstrated his love for us while we were messed up. Why we were crazy, why we were mean, bitter, jealous, nasty. He showed us how much he loved us. He did not look at what we did, but he looked at what we could become. And he died on a cross because he saw what we could become. Y'all mind if I ask a rhetorical question? Is there anybody in here who met Christ who can honestly say today that you are more today than you were when you met him? Is there anybody in here who met Christ and as you look at your life today, where you are today, what you're doing today, you had no idea you'd be doing what you're doing. I'm just trying to say he saw who you could become. Hallelujah. You know, that's why I love that song. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. When I think about it, I do not know just why he came and loved me so. But he looked beyond. I wish I had somebody here who knew what I'm talking about. He looked beyond. He did not ignore them, but he looked beyond them. He didn't act like I didn't do it, but he looked beyond them. He did not get divine amnesia. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs hallelujah and sometimes when you're at your lowest point 
You don't need a critic. You don't need a sociological analyst or a psychological expert on your situation. What you need is compassion. What you need is forgiveness. What you need is another chance. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my need. Hallelujah. Women, ladies, there's a bounty hunter out to get you. But whenever there's a bounty hunter, the only way to deal with a bounty hunter is to have somebody on your side that can help you, that can give you protection. And that's who Jesus is. He protects us even against our own mistakes, even against our own errors. Come on, stand at your feet.